This show is intended for mature audiences. Topics of adult content, triggers, and explicit language may be discussed with or without warning. All thoughts and opinions belong to our hosts and do not reflect the original creator's own intentions. Spoilers for the book will be discussed, and while most discussion will revolve around the picked book, we do not guarantee there will be no spoiler warnings for other books or series. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Biblio Madness, a podcast for book lovers where we discuss our current and favorite reads. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm your host, Lakin. And today, we are starting off our spooky season with our spooky TBRs with, um, this is actually a debut novel from the author Anna Reyes, I think. I think it's a Hispanic say, like sounding name. She's Hispanic. We all know I can't pronounce names, <laughs> so I'm not going to try. Um, I may have had that wrong, but anyways. The book is called The House in the Pines, and this is a I, I, suspense, a thriller. Suspense thriller. Um, yeah. Kind of mystery. Uh, it's It was very nice and eerie. A good kickoff, I think, to our spooky, yeah. our spooky season. It right, to get into the mood of it. Definitely more of a suspense thriller novel, which is what I picked it for, so I'm glad that it, it met the criteria <laughs> that the criteria i was needing because the next book we're reading is more detective-y mm-hmm. uh, vibes um a more traditional of a spooky read for october but this book was more thriller suspense but instead of being a mystery on who did it we know who did it from the beginning yeah the problem was how how and the why and the why behind yeah. it all the how i think was the biggest question throughout the book yes of, um so this is not spoilery. The book follows main character Maya, yes. who is I don't does it say how old she is in the book? I don't remember. She She's was like seventeen mid- or eighteen back in the, in the de- time, and then I think it skipped eight or ten years. Seven, seven years. Seven years. So, so she's, she's twenty-four. Eight plus seven. No, she was seventeen when this happened. Yeah. So it was seven years later. She's 24. yeah. She's twenty-four. So main character Maya, twenty-four, um, and it kind of splits timelines it does so we have present day maya and then the past yeah where we're leading up to the so we're following the story of maya currently and then maya and her best friend are aubrey in the past yeah does the book tell you when it jumps from present to past nope i will say (laughs) i picked up on i don't know if you did because you said you had struggled a little bit with the tense um, yeah and the first in the first perspective we've learned some things about myself <laughs> i've read a lot i've always not liked third person it's not something i'm strong with just because i we learned also before we started the podcast because my husband was in here and we were talking about perspectives and voices in your head as in like a monologue and then seeing images and funny enough both of us don't see images yeah, at all if no. you see images if you can picture something or daydream we can't do that well, i didn't know I that can, was a thing i can this is where I don't understand, like, what category I fall in. Because I can daydream, and when I read, I can... See, I can't do any see of the that. the movie, but... Yeah, I can't... Closing my eyes and trying to picture something, I see nothing. No, I can't picture so anything, <laughs> I can't daydream, and I don't have an inner monologue. So, with all those things combined, yeah. first-person view is very digestible for me because I can read it and know what they're seeing and describing, as in they're describing what they're seeing, so I don't have to try to picture, because I can't, an outside world. 
yeah. with a third person point of view. And I love reading. So I've read a lot of third person views. It's just harder for me to grasp the story quickly mm-hmm. because I'm having to change how I'm reading it so that I'm telling myself a story, basically. Yeah. So instead of reading the story, I'm telling myself about a story. And it's just a weird, weird way of reading and thinking. I will say, so I did pick up on the subtle differences between it. Um, Oddly enough, the present is told in the past tense with the verbs, but the past Past. was told in present Present tense. tense. And it it did throw me for a loop a couple times. And I do wish that there would have been like a seven years ago. Yeah. Between the old chapters. Like it been when Colleen did with like Ugly Love. The yeah. They did with a lot. There's a lot of um, books that do that. Yeah. And the uh, only one left which yeah. we read with the other split timeline. Um, all of the past was written in a typewriter font. So you yeah. knew you were reading well, a no, script. Well no. There was three three fonts. There was the typewriter font, the like slanted font, and then oh, the, the straight letters. font. But yeah. The letters were like slanted. Yeah. No. Those weren't the letters. No. The letters were typewritten. And then the other stuff was slanted. What was the slanted? That was the past. Oh, I think so. Wow. I there was three forgotten. types of font choices in that book. <laughs> what order they are in, we're unsure. But there was three types of font, and it was a different yeah. font for the past, different font for the letters, and a different font for the present. This book had no differential. There's, the only differential was the verb tense. Yeah. And it was. It took me a few, like a little bit into it. I did not that. know what was happening at first, and I was very confused. Yeah. But it was a good book. <laughs> Um, so but it was just tips. Like we said, the book follows Maya, who her best friend died when she was 17, and she knew who did it. Unfortunately, she didn't know how he did it, and she could never prove how he did it. Yes. So he got out and got free, um, and Maya has spent, like, we know this from the beginning of the book, Maya has spent, like, the seven years from then to the present um, in the constant fear that he's trying to find her yes. tie up loose ends. Which there's also like the whole um we've talked about it previously in the podcast where people have the ability to make somebody crazy who's not crazy. So Maya, and this is a very short book, it's only three hundred pages, it's a very big font and it's like very spaced out. So it's a very quick read. You find this out in the first like 50, 70 pages that Maya was actually um the niece, her aunt so her mom's sister, I believe, oh, was yeah. a that schizophrenic and was... big point I have yeah. in this whole story about... So, you know, like you said, Maya is believed to be crazy. Yes. A psychotic. Yes, because of her aunt, because it's genetic. Because her mom's sister was like that. Yeah. So that made her think Maya was, even though Maya and, yeah. is not. This happens very quickly in the beginning. So we learned that her aunt is a schizophrenic. So her mom thought when this all happened, because that typically kicks in around the age Maya was when what happened with Frank and Aubrey happened, she was like, you're crazy. So let's take you to a doctor. When she took her to the doctor, they gave her Clyopin? Clinopin. Clinopin? I'm not good with names. Again, it's fine. So they gave her this drug and told her to take it and she was taking it at a low dosage and just continuously took it to sleep because she was paranoid constantly that Frank would get her. Yeah, and she continued to up her dosage and she got addicted. But because of the doctor assuming that she was crazy, no one ever believed her because they told her she was having a psychotic trip. Yeah, she said it was um, stress induced or shock induced, not stress induced. Yeah. Um, Shock induced to the point of 
like her mind was trying to cope with how unexplainably her friend died by making up something because yeah we as humans we do have to have like a no like it's i don't know ingrained in us to have to have an explanation for everything oh yeah um and i think yeah so that was their way of saying that that was her mind just trying to make an explanation of it but i think one of the one of the most interesting things i found about the writing of this book um was how unreliable Maya was as a narrator because she doubts her own sanity so much. Yeah. Like, all throughout the book, she even says, well, maybe I just am crazy. Like, maybe they're right, and I am. But she doesn't always fully succumb to that. But I thought that was – thought it was interesting because you couldn't fully trust Maya's narration because no. she didn't even believe herself all the time. She's like, maybe I am just like my aunt. <laughs> yeah. So – like, on top of this being a murder mystery, being a situation where she thinks she's crazy, where everyone thinks she's crazy, but you know somebody died with an unexplained reason. And in the very beginning of the book, even like the first 50 pages probably, someone else dies in the exact same way her best friend dies. I think that's, that's what kickstarts like everything. the first 20 pages. Yeah. It's, Maybe the first chapter. It's right at the beginning. Maya sees, like, a video of it with the same guy in the same way of dying that her friend died. And yep. so this is why she's, like, Everything from is resurfacing, and she's trying to find out the truth. Because now yep. he's killed again, and she's not crazy. So you start with the book and the description of kind of the vibe of the book. Yes, we've talked about the writing. We talked about the author a little bit. Um, this was her debut book. But going into the actual atmosphere of the book, it's very eerie. It's very... I thought it was going to be, when you first start reading it, because you don't know the how yeah. that the murder's done. Um, she does kind of say that he kind of felt like he had powers. Yeah. And that's what made everybody think she was crazy. But um, it it did, like, I thought it was going to take a different turn. Did you I think it was, was going to be, like, super? more of, like, a supernatural, like, horror. Oh. At the beginning, I was like, is this actually going to lean this way? Or is there, like, an actual plausible explanation for it? See, the plausible explanations, right off the bat, you... So, the way this girl died. So... Again, we learned this in the beginning. Her friend Aubrey died the same way the girl in the video died. The way they died was he was sitting across from a table from them. He, he was just talking. And just talking. And they suddenly died. died. No explanation. There's like no, nothing on the coroner reports. It's what they called sudden unexplainable death. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> it's literally what it is. Unexplained. They're good with that. They're like, they just died. We don't know if it was heart failure. We don't know if their kidneys gave. We don't, there we don't nothing, know. There was nothing. Because a perfectly healthy 20. Like normal young person. Yeah. Because they were different ages when they died. But they yeah. were young and healthy. No normal. like No reasoning. No health histories. They just died. And he didn't touch them. No. To our point of view. Or to Maya's. Well, to, to Maya's. Maya's point of view, or to the video's point of view. She yeah. just dropped dead. So that is what you're trying to solve and figure out the how. We want to describe, so probably the first half of this podcast, we're not going to spoil the book. Yeah. We are going to spoil at the end, but I will briefly say, hey, spoilers ahead if you haven't read. Yeah, if you haven't read by that point, we'll give the heads up. Because yes. this is a book that I think, you know, definitely go read it. It was It's good. a quick read. It was easy, quick. It was good to get in the mood for um, October's reads. Yep. Um, yeah, it, we'll, we'll explain that, but we'll give a warning. <laughs> That's fine. So, 
the vibe. The House in the Pines. So when I went into this book, I originally thought it was going to be like a murder mystery, mystery kind of vibe, thriller, suspenseful, just like the only one left because Riley Sega is on the front of this book. But I was thinking more like cabin-y vibe. I was think like just reading about it, yeah. I thought it was going to be more about, like I thought it was going to be more of like a, I don't know. Woodsy book. Yeah. I feel like the words. Because it wasn't as. It wasn't. Woodsy there, as there I thought it was There is a purpose be. for the house in the woods. And we find, you find out the cabin. And the know, it is It is key to the story, but it's not like. It's, it's not, not as part of the scenery yeah. or the scene as much as I thought it would be. It's not as, like, if you were going to watch, um, like, the Cabin in the Woods movie. It's not that kind of yeah. vibe. It's, it's What's going on, yes, the cabin's involved, but it's not the main story. No, it's not. And it's not, it's not the biggest thing about it. So, no. I don't know. It was a very different vibe. It was very eerie. Very, you made yourself also question what was happening. It was a very, like, who did it kind of, like, how how did the, it happen instead uh, of a who did it? I remember in our, la- in our last episode where we were talking about things that make, um, things that make things, like, creepy or scary yeah. or spooky. Um, one of the points we brought up was ghosts and the supernatural. Like, yes. I had brought up that the reason that freaks me out so much is because when you tell people that, people think you're crazy. Yes. And then that was, like, the key point in this was that. It was a somewhat supernatural <laughs> occurrence, and everyone thought she was crazy. Yep. And I was like, "Well, this would get me." This I'm like, I don't know. I saw a little bit too much of myself in Maya, not in her personality or how she was, but the fact, like how much the she fear doubted factor. herself, yeah. and also like I don't know her um, her dependency on stuff and all that. That's always why I've been afraid to like go on medications because I've been afraid to get to that point of being like too dependent on it. That I wouldn't be able to like stop, but um, yeah, seeing like <laughs> how much Maya doubted herself, I was like, this is this is freaking me out. I don't know what's going. On. I love that though, because in fairness, that's how I was. Again, I I had a harder time reading this, but um, I think being everyone thinking that you're crazy that is when like you know for certain, but you can't prove it. That's like that's the biggest thing. But that's you, like how do you get past? You can't. That's the thing. If if people, it's the same thing with cuss words or with laws. If we as a society decide it's a bad thing to wear socks, and if you wear socks, you have to go to jail, then that is the new rule. If we decide bubbles is a cuss word, now bubbles, you're gonna look at your kid and say you can't say bubbles. It means it means bad things. Don't I say bubbles. I knew a family that said that you can't say the word fart. Oh, I do too. It's mine. I didn't know who said that. But I do know somebody couldn't say the word fart. Yeah. My grandma, you can't say fart around her. She says barking spiders, and I'm like, you mean what? what? <laughs> I'm like, spiders don't bark. She also can't say the word butt around my grandma. And as a 12-year-old, this is a fun story. I just looked at her dead face, and it was like, but why? And you best is... believe she got so mad. I already know. I, I know. I just, I can hear it. I can hear her. <laughs> this, is, this is only funny if you, like, know her. Oh, yeah. So, my, everybody, if you if you can imagine things, just imagine a 50s grandma, blue hair, curls on top, baking a pie, and when she pulls it out, it's burnt. 
That's my grandma. Yeah. With big the big glasses, that's also factoring in. So we're driving in Montana was where we lived at the time, and she looked at me and she goes, "You can't say butt." I said my butt hurt when I sat down, and I looked at her and I as like, I think I was ten, maybe little girl, just looked at her and went, "But why?" I got home, and my grandpa was laughing so hard. Because they were trying to get me in trouble. And I was like, but I didn't say that. I said, but. I have heard that your cousin (laughs) is coming through as you with this living situation right now. Wyatt. Wyatt is turning into you with, like, and dealing with you. (laughs) He's just getting really blunt with her and being like, Grandma, (laughs) come on. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) All right. We've we've gone off on a tangent. So. Without spoiling too much of the book, we can't tell you the ending without giving a spoiler warning. So if you've gotten this far through the podcast and you are intrigued and you want to figure it out on your own, go get it. At Target, you can get it really cheap. If you want to go support bookstores, though, please go support your local bookstores or go to your nearest Books A Million because bookstores are going out of fashion and it breaks my heart. Um, So we're trying to get that book kicked back and land but if you are on a budget and you can't afford to go to a nice bookstore or support your community and you do want to read it uh go to target get the app you can get it for really cheap um it works out really well but um we're gonna give a spoiler warning because the rest of this book we have to we have to describe and spoil a little bit you you learn the how and that's that's the biggest question in the book so that's the biggest spoiler yeah if you don't guess it which I didn't guess it until, like, right at the end. Right I don't think a it. lot of people get No one on the back of this either guessed it, and nor did I ever think that that was an option of what happened. There, so. there was a point I remember reading that I thought, and it came into my mind, and I was like, mm, but maybe. Maybe. So, big spoiler warnings. Turn off the podcast. Come back after you read the book. It will take you maybe three hours. Um, yeah, this is a... I, this is a one-setting book. If you yeah. have a few hours, sit, you can just sit and read. Sitting at the cabin. You can do it. Drinking some sweet tea. This is a one-setting Going book. on a train. Going on a road trip. Or just chilling outside and you got a picnic. This is a good book. Mm-hmm. You got time. Sitting in a hammock. Kind of vibes. I don't know why, but this book, while reading it, made me just want to drink sweet tea. I know that's a weird thing, but that is what I wanted yeah. to do. I just wanted to be on like a porch with a blanket with a sweet tea and just reading this. And I'm not Southern. That's just what no. my brain was like. Ooh, she's not either. That that is, nothing sounds in this good. Is Southern. Nothing in it is. But that's what my brain wanted. It's that vibe. I, I don't know why. It was a good vibe. It's a cozy vibe. It is. And it, sweet yeah. tea's cozy. If you say so. For sweet a, tea's basically water here, so. <laughs> Well, for a northerner, sweet tea's cozy. But, big spoilers. Bear warned. Mm-hmm. All right, Lakin. Go. How do we just jump right into jump it? Jump right in! So, <laughs> let's see. How do I best explain this? So, as we end the, get to the closer to the end of the book, um, this, like we said, we were talking about the cabin, right? And the cabin is a pivotal thing in the book. Am I too quiet? I was checking it, but I I don't know why my voice... You see when my talk, my voice, that? I know! I don't... Okay. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so the cabin is a pivotal thing in this book, 
right? Mm-hmm. And Frank, who is, we're convinced throughout the story, and Maya, Maya's convinced through the story, did it. Yes. She just doesn't know how. Frank, when he met her, was telling her that he built this cabin. Built this cabin, you know, by himself. Yeah. And Maya, at 17, who is very naive, very persuasive, like, manipulat- mm. manipulatable, um, she believed him. Grooming. That's what, that's what we like grooming. to call it. This is exactly what This it is. is a she grooming even, story. <laughs> so, when she first meets Frank, through her point of view, we're told that he's 20. Yeah. She realizes when she's an adult, looking back on it, that he was much older at the time. She oh, just 100%. Was too naive to realize it. Um, so, this cabin. She eventually goes to this cabin, and she, like, has these links of memories all the time. And yeah, she loses big track gaps. of time, like, major, like, hours upon hours mm-hmm. around him. And so that's, like, I was really confused by this. I was like, what is going on? I would be, okay... On another note, that's terrifying yeah. to lose hours and hours of she time with like, a man that you just started to get to know. She, I mean, she was a little freaked out by it. I think the more it happened, but like when it first, the first few times it happened, she's just like, "Oh, I guess I really enjoy spending time with him. Time oh. flies." It is a wonder this girl did not end up dead at seventeen. Like right? reading her perspective, I know that's where this was going, and he, I think she was his original, like target until he saw Aubrey well the only reason he killed Aubrey we find out is because Aubrey caught on to it she caught on to what his gig was and he had to offer because he couldn't risk her telling people and Maya was too wrapped up in her own head to figure it out (laughs) until seven years later I can't Um, I can't how many girls how many girls have you done that to in that seven years I don't know until a video came out I don't know it's like oh this is, these are the things that this, I thought about. That is the part about this book that chilled me out so much, was, like, it was a thing that, like, so, what I'm getting at is it was, he used hypnotism. Yeah. Essentially. And so the cabin was never real. He essentially hypnotized her into believing that it was real. And it was, like, a real place to her, and she could, like, see everything, she could feel the things, she could hear the things. Oh, it was so freaky to me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like it. And he the hypnotism hit- part. So that's the biggest. Yeah. One of the biggest spoilers for the book is the hypnotism. And I was like, how? What? Like, that did not click at any given moment. Was I like, hypnotism? That's what he's doing. Because I'm not a firm believer in hypnotism. Yeah. So I wouldn't have thought that that would have had I'm the biggest effect. I'm not a firm effect. believer in hypnotism either. Like, yeah. I believe, like, you get work to an extent to, like, kind of put you into, like, a trance-like state. But I've never believe that hypnotism can make you feel or see yeah or like i never thought that was gonna go that way i didn't either um and apparently so this book touches on the fact that there's a very small minority of people that this works on mm-hmm. um it's people that can get easily lost in books tv shows um daydreamers um people that have to have an answer or the end to the story are the people that are like really susceptible to being hypnotized <laughs> that's me i will never be hypnotized by anything ever now see i never don't... i will never have that as an option <laughs> i don't think i would be susceptible because i can't image things see i didn't think and is... i don't have an inner monologue i didn't think that either but i don't know i don't know we 
I have no I will never find out now. of hypnotism <laughs> on any level, so I don't know for sure. But I feel like everyone's like, I c- I'm not acceptable. But I like, I don't know. I feel like it's like, I don't want to find out. Yeah. So I'm good. Reading that was enough for me to be like, yeah, I'll never try It gives that me out. very, like, vampire-y, like, control vibes. And I don't like that. Yeah. The thing I think that was the scariest about the hypnotism is that he had, like, buried a cue in her mind to not mm-hmm. think about hypnotism. Yeah. She couldn't even read the word when she came across it. Like, his, yeah. uh, she found his website, and he was a c- certified hypnotherapist. And when she first came to it, she said, like, her eyes blinked, and she couldn't read yeah. it. She couldn't even hear it. She, like, copied and pasted it and then put it through, like, a text-to-speech. I thought that was crazy. She couldn't even hear it. I I don't like it. It's too that, eerie. It's that too much control. Me out so much. The thought that someone can like it it just feels really intrusive. Someone can mess with your mind that yeah. much. Like lock you out of it. Oh. That's what made this book eerie to me. I yeah, I don't know. I didn't see the hypnotism coming. I was very on edge. The whole cabin situation made me I think the only time I I clicked it is when she came across him. Mm -hmm. Because there was a flashback of when she came across him in the cabin, and she said that there was nothing there. It was just a foundation. And that's when I was like, is he, like, hypnotizing her, like, to make it believe it? Is he hypnotized to believe the cabin is there? And then you do find out that both of those things are true. I don't know. Some of the theories I had before we got to the cabin, so I don't know. I saw that there was a movie where there was, like, a whole bunker where they lived in a 50s house. For At first, I was like, is there is there a cabin bunker? Like, is he taking her somewhere that's, like... I thought the cabin hidden? was, like, the place he people. Because that's yeah. why... I thought that's why he was so secretive about it, because he freaks out when Maya tells Aubrey about the cabin. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he was planning to take her there and kill her. This is yeah. why he doesn't want people to know. Um, that was my theory. That it was, like, his murder house. No, my theory at first was, like, he was knocking her out oh, and then yeah. taking her to his basement where he, like, I don't know. Have you watched Pretty Little Liars? Yeah. Okay, do you know that whole house scene? I watched scene? it in the dark. <laughs> when I was, like, a teenager. Okay, that's, this is great. This is perfect. So you remember the house scene at the end in the dollhouse and they're at Spencer's house and it's all four of the girls and they're actually just in the basement of something, but it's like snowing outside and they're in the house and it's a replica kind of vibe. Do you remember when they were taken to the dollhouse and they had to do this? Vaguely. I, it, I barely remember okay. that show. So for those of you who do remember Pretty Liars, there is a part of the show when the girls get kidnapped by whoever is running the show, basically, which the ending of Pretty Little Liars makes me mad. What do I remember it? Spencer's twin sister. Do you Did you watch it fully through? I don't know if I finished it. Okay, well, it's, if you've seen Pretty Little it's been out forever. I'm sorry if this is a spoiler. This is way off topic. I just remember Spencer's twin sister was... The person who is running everything. Okay. I feel like it does ring a bell, but like I said, it's been so long, I barely remember. I don't know. It's Pretty Little Liars took a whole freaking turn. But at one point, they were in a dollhouse, which was basically a facility where they had rooms that were like their rooms. They had Spencer's house, just like Spencer's house. And it had like the outside trees and everything involved. Yeah. So my brain was like, is he knocking her out? without her like is he drugging her 
I didn't think. And then putting her date rape. Yeah. Rape. Date rape drugs. Date, date rape drugs were yeah. involved when she was, like, not remembering things. Yeah, so I was like, did he drug her? Did he then take her into, like, something in his basement that looked like a cabin on the inside and then had, ah. like, forests on the outside? Gotcha. So I was like, what the hell is happening? Gotcha. I don't know why my brain did that, but that's what my brain was thinking. Yeah. I think one of the best things about this is even when we first read, like, the first cabin scenes, we're reading it in the past tense. Yeah. And we're reading it through... Maya's naive, unreliable narration. Yeah. So we don't even realize the truth about the cabin until several chapters yeah. later when she goes back as an adult. It was also kind of giving vibes of like a dream state. Do yeah. you know when like you wake up in a dream and it's nothing's like explained? Like you don't know what's going on. So yeah. the difference between reality and dreams is dreams don't have a beginning or an end. Mm-hmm. In reality, you have a beginning, a journey, and an end. So in dream state, you're just somewhere automatically unexplained. Yeah. In a situation. I think that's kind of what the hypnotism was. Yeah, which is, it was a dream state. It was creepy as all get out. Yeah, I didn't like it. The scene where we have at the very end where he puts her, like, in that, and it's instantaneous. This is the big spoiler. The key on the front is, like, the biggest hint to the entire thing. Like, it's very pivotal, this stupid key that is brought up many times. And I knew something was connected to that key. I just didn't know that it was hypnot- like a hypnotism yeah. cue. Um, I just, I was trying, I spent like the entire book trying to figure out what was so important about this damn key. We were like, like, why do they keep mentioning the key? There's something about do it. Do you want to tell them what the key is? The key was essentially Frank and his father had found out a new form of like instantaneous hypnotism where they mm-hmm. put them into the trance after they had buried the cues from past trances or whatever. I don't know. I feel like it's more scientific than I'm saying. But essentially, they could tie this, like, trigger to an object, a phrase, or, you know, something. And it happened to be this key that Frank had to his cabin. And after he had talked to them, he could just show them the key, and that would put them into the hypnotism trance. I hate that. Which I have seen this kind of situation happen and play out with people with cues. With actual, I looked up <laughs> hypnotism videos. Did you really? Yeah, I sure did. I'm, I'm, I'm way wigged out now to like ever. Yeah, it's a thing. This is a, this is essentially voodoo. They were right give, now. <laughs> they were giving them cues, and when they gave them the cue, they would do it. Really? Yes. This is freaky. I can't believe this is a real thing. And I was <laughs> terrified of. It. I was like, mm, no. So sometimes they would just show them objects, and it would yeah. make their brain would just go click. I'm gonna do that. And I'm thinking, you could go so far. You could be a serial killer with hypnotism so quickly. Get the right people. I know. He has, like, three people. There's a person we don't even know what happened to because he refused to talk about her when confronted about it. Um, Yeah, they started out with this whole theory for, like, good reasons. And, like, there were good reasons behind the science, you know? Yeah. And, sure, that would work in those kind of things. But these things are, like, I don't know. They're so dangerous, and if they fall into the wrong hands, obviously, like, mm. it's too powerful, I think. All right. Too freaky. You get to spoil the death. I'm going to spoil the death? Yeah. You have to. How they died. The big how. Oh, yeah. Well, we, I thought that was... How do they die? <laughs> it still doesn't really explain. It just says that it was... Because he hypnotized him. 
Aubrey? Yeah. I think that's the only explanation we're yeah. giving, is that you can manipulate involuntary nervous system. So essentially, he was able to convince her body to just stop breathing. Stop. Yeah. Functioning. And stop doing everything. And boom, dead. That's, I just, eerie. It is eerie. It's, I don't like it. I thought, I definitely thought it was And the fact that this is a possibility. Is a real thing? I don't like it. Like, I don't think it's real to kill somebody with hypnotism, but I do think it's real. Like, like you, they said, the idea that it's used to treat medical issues, the idea of being able to hurt someone with it seems a lot less far-fetched. Yeah. So, maybe it's not that far out there. This book, it is a debut novel, but when you read about it, um, in the, let's see, it's her MFA thesis. This is a thesis that she turned into a thriller. So, I do think you know, there's probably some truth, yeah, definitely truth and scientific backing to right. hypnosis in this. I know we had a big quiet section there, but we're coming to the end of the podcast. Um, hypnotism's scary as frick. I don't like it. Not a fan. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Didn't see that coming out of this book. Interesting thriller beginning. It's I w- definitely not the ending I would have. No, it's definitely not what I was expecting, so I'm curious to see what the other choices I have are going to deliver. Yeah. Uh, I know Stephen King's a little bit more predictable. I've never read him, so I don't know. You've never read a Stephen King? I've never read a Stephen King. We've talked about this, we're not going to go over it again. So, um, very curious to see where we're going to go next. I'm curious to see if the pick that I, the book that I picked by Natasha is going to be what I think it is. It sounds... Or if it's going to be very different. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds very classically scary. Yeah. I, w- I wanted a good classic. This was like the... Yeah. The random. This you can read any time of the year. Yes. Is it If you want a good thriller, a good suspense. Yeah. Any time of the year this would do. I would agree that this is very like Riley Sega, the only one left kind of vibey. Yeah, it's just a thriller. It's just a... It's a good thriller. Um, we are getting more into classical spooky Halloween books. It was I would say. it was I think it was good to get off in the vibe. Like get us in the mood. Get in the after get in the all the fantasy that we've been reading. Recently. Oh my god, we've read so much fantasy. Already. <laughs> so tired. I'll never be tired of it, but yeah. It's been a lot. It's this is it's been a good change of pace. No, it was it was a nice throw in the wrench. I'm also still reading The Masters of Death, which I have not gotten that far in. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i excited to see if this author does anything else. Very excited um, to see. For this being a debut novel, I think it it was very good. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Eerie. That's what they said the atmosphere was, and I didn't even see that eerie powerful, and eerie, and atmospheric. Yep, that's that's correct. I will say the, the back the comments on the back very accurate to what's inside the book. Yeah, that did they did follow through. So before we leave, before we say farewell for this spooky episode, what would you rate this book? Uh, three and a half or four, I think. I'm sitting at a solid three. I think a three and a half for me because it was good and I would recommend it. I don't know how often I would be to read it again. I think the only thing that's going to stick with me from this book is the hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me personally, um, it was a three. I've read a lot of thrillers, though. I 
appreciated the twist. Yeah. The explanation was realistic, but still far-fetched enough. Yeah. Like, it wasn't there was like... There still enough open-endedness to it, I think, that made it, like... Well, yeah. Still, like, we still didn't get it. It wasn't like Frank was a demon. So, yeah. that part where it stayed true to being realistic, I appreciated. Um, but the writing where it didn't have differential and it was up to the reader, I think, I think that... it was purposeful, yeah. but I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. I, that is my one, I think it's my biggest qualm, even though I figured, like, I do figure it out. Yeah. I, mean, I got the hang of it eventually when I learned to start looking for that. Um, that's probably my biggest qualm with it, too. Yeah, I think that's that my biggest thing. There's no, maybe it is purposeful. So if that's the author's intent, then obviously that's the author's intent. I do think, though, it is confusing, and especially if you're, I don't know, new to reading or, like, yeah. not a huge reader, it can definitely, like, make you confused enough to put it down. <laughs> I don't know. I was a little, like, I don't know what what's happening. <laughs> so, because of that, I am choosing to give it a three. And it might have been the editor's choice and not the writer's choice to not put a differential. I don't know who made that decision in the book publishing process. Um... But for me, that was a big thing that as a reader who struggles with reading, because not only am I... Yeah, I think if you're ever going to have a split timeline, you need yeah. to have a differentiation between it. Either whether it be like seven years Besides ago before just the, the verbiage, or a different font. Yeah, the verbs were so subtle. I missed it the first like several chapters. Oh yeah, I sure as did. I was jumping back I had back to like, and go forth. back in my mind. Anytime I it. saw Aubrey's name, I was like, okay, we're... Yeah, she's alive again. We're backwards. Go back. Go yeah. back. I, I would. I would get like at the beginning. I would get a few chat, like a few, get into and, the chapter, and then be like, "Oh, we're in the." Chapters. I will say this is one of one of a few that I have read as a thriller that it's third person. Really, it is rare. I think it's more I've rare for though. thrillers to be third person than they are to be first person. I I can see that taking you out. Of yeah. You're not, like, in it in first person. Yeah. But, I don't know. I've not read a lot of them, so I can't say that. Yeah, much, I but. felt more on the edge with the only one left than I did with that this one. one. Was, that one, was, I think, was definitely more creepy. Yeah. More unsettling. Yes. Because you... That was, again, of... You thought you knew who did it. It was a whodunit, but you were... No, that... Riley is really good at doing a lot of twists. That was... That was a very unsettling yeah, the whole ending with her dad, like... It was very good. Very no good. No one saw that coming. If you have not read that book yet, and you've not heard us talk about it, we do have an episode on it, but it is definitely... We yeah. both gave it, like... I gave it a four star or four and I half, think I gave it a four or five. And it was one of your top reads of the year so far. It might have been yeah. down by now, but um, it was very good. Definitely recommend it. No, yeah, the Crave series and Fourth Wing kind of <laughs> pushed some stuff. I'm excited to do our I am books so at the end excited for Iron Flame, though. Oh, yeah. Holy we're, crap. We're a month out. <laughs> we're almost there. All right. So thank you all for listening. Have a great week. Second week in October. Get ready for the next episode coming out on Monday, 10 a.m., posting on all your podcasts. So thank you. I forgot to welcome you guys earlier. So welcome and goodbye at the same time. <laughs> Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, comment on Instagram. We still have a 
fourth spot open for a spooky read. So we got to know what you want to Yeah, if you guys have any recommendations, yeah. please let us know. Please let us know. We are dying to hear what you want to hear. Yeah. What you want to... Yeah, we're dying to hear what you want to hear. We want to hear what you want to hear. Right? <laughs> what do you want to hear us talk about? <laughs> we like it. All right. Farewell. Goodbye. Have a great October week. <laughs>